Welcome back to today's episode where I interview a personal trainer called Timo Quantic. Now, Timo's been in the fitness industry for over eight years now. And in this episode, we discuss the impact that Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook is having in the fitness industry. We also talk about common exercise misnomers and we touch upon dietary requirements as well. So if you enjoy this episode, then don't forget that you can access all of my podcast episodes. You just need to search The Gary Gun Show on the iTunes store or any podcast player and you can get access to all of them for free. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. So first of all, welcome to the show, Timo. Hi, thanks. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. It's good to be here. Yeah, so I think the first place we can start is what is the most frustrating thing or theme that you find in the fitness industry? Well, um, I mean, there's a few things, but one of the main ones, ones which stands out would probably be seeing people doing exercises which they've seen off YouTube or Instagram, um, doing it with terrible technique and more importantly, not actually knowing why they're doing it. So you feel like knowing why you're doing an exercise is important when you're training? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of an actual workout program is you've got specific goals to achieve. And if you're just throwing any sort of exercise in there, which has no real focus or no, no real weight on your program towards your goals, then it's, there's no point in doing it really. So what do you find when people follow that methodology? They just watch stuff online or pick it up off Instagram. What, what, what's the end result from that? Um, just slower progress and not as not as effective progress so obviously if you're choosing exercises which aren't particularly focused towards your your goals then you're not going to reach your goals obviously so I can tell you're quite precise in your thinking when it comes to training yeah absolutely absolutely why is having that level of precision important you mentioned a couple of things so the first of all being you won't retain your goals as quickly and the second one it's just you're a bit all over the show so how why is being precise important well it's it's less precision and more actually um having a, a a real map of where you're going so knowing what you want to achieve and then knowing which exercises will help achieve that um and I suppose the precision would come in where you're actually targeting particular body parts, like if you're trying to work on your triceps, if you don't want flabby bingo wings, um, which is, <laughs> is quite that, a common, is that a common one. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of people okay. say that when they come into the consultation. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if uh, at the moment a lot of girls are working on their glutes, so if you're doing your glute exercises wrong or you don't know the specific teaching points, then, you know, the obvious one is you could lead to injury, um, lower back pain, things like that. Um, but yeah, you're just not going to get your results as quickly. We, we, we can delve into this a little bit. So, I mean, a lot of people, I guess, take to doing um, personal training because A, they're in pain already, mm. or B, because they've injured themselves training by themselves. I mean, how realistic is it to be able to train by yourself without any prior knowledge, without injuring yourself? Is that, is that un unlikely? Um, again, it depends on the intensity that you're training. Um, if you're training super intensely for like a triathlon or something like that, and you, uh, you know, there's a lot more room for error there, but if you're just sort of going to the gym or doing your, your basic classes, which aren't particularly intense, then there's much less, less risk of injury. Um, but then, you know, obviously in order to make progress, you need to provide a stimulus for which your body has to adapt. And if that stimulus isn't high enough, simply put, you will not adapt to it. So your body won't change. Yeah. Okay. So if we, if we go back to a thing before you, you, you were mentioning about, um, attacking or achieving your goals. Um, can you just talk more about why goal setting is important? I mean, not, not in any area, but specifically with training, 
you know, because what about people that are just like, oh, I just, you know, I just want to be healthy. So I'm just going to go to the gym and just going to do 20 minutes here. So I'll decide when I get there. Why is a goal helpful? Well, obviously it gives you um, a clear target to be working towards. And once you've got that target in mind, you can actually really backtrack and, and, see the timeframes you've got to, to complete those goals, essentially. Um, especially if, you know, you've got a, a, a milestone like a birthday or a wedding or a holiday coming up. Um, that's always really super useful. Um, but again, if you don't really have anything coming up um, in the near future, having goals will, will keep you on track. Um, if you've got a, a bad week, you know, you're pretty tired or whatever, um, and you know that you've got to hit this goal, um, you're, going into the, you're going to the gym and you're going to do that workout, you're going to eat the, the right foods. Um, whereas, you know, if you're just having a bit of a bad time and you've not got any goals, any clear goals that you want to achieve, then chances are you're probably just going to sort of put it to the back of your mind and stay in bed for that extra half an hour. So could you just um, give me an example of a good exercise goal as opposed to a bad exercise goal? Well, we always set SMART goals. Um, so they're specific, they're measurable, they're agreed upon, they're realistic and they're time bound. You, d- you did well to remember all of those. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's been a while since I've done a consultation. Um, so but yeah, so, so SMART goals. So they're specific, obviously. We want to increase our squat from 20 kilos to 40 kilos. Um, it's measurable. Obviously, that is a measurable goal. We know that we can squat 20 now. We want to be able to do 40. Um, agreed upon. Gary, do you think that's a realistic goal for you to achieve? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yep. good. So we get that so agreement from both parties. Um, realistic, do you think that's a realistic goal? Do you think you can actually achieve that? Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, um, and time bound. Um, so when are you going on holiday? Yeah, that's a good point, that last one, actually. So in your experience, having a specific deadline to achieve mm. a goal is is beneficial. Absolutely. I mean, we all work better to deadlines, don't we? Okay, that makes sense, though. So... Um, I guess when you are um, dealing with people for, for the first time in a consultation, some of the things that you see is A, not having a goal mm-hmm. and B, having obviously no deadline if they do have a goal. Yes. So what would be an example of, of bad goals? So say like people are motivated, they're <clears> listening <throat> to this, they're training, they feel like they've got really good goals, but actually in your experience, they work out to be bad goals. What would be an example? Um, okay, well, one which I had um, a while ago, actually, was a um, really sweet girl brought in a picture of, I can't remember who it was, um, but it was just some unbelievable model. She brought in a picture <laughs> and says, I want to look like that. And I, I said, well, I suppose that's reasonably specific. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Not particularly measurable. Um, I'm not going to agree on that. Uh, okay. Not particularly realistic because that's just somebody in a magazine and it's not time bound. So all of those sort of markers and those hoops that we need to jump through, they're just not there. So um, what we did was we, we, I, I looked at the picture and I said, you know, what is it about this person that you like? Uh, and she, you know, she said all the various things uh, and then just tried to, to break down that original emotion, really. It's an emotional attachment to the way that that person looked and then tried to create that as more of a logical, tangible goal. That's a good point, actually. So the, the question that you would ask them is, why do you want to achieve that goal? Mm. And in your experience, what, what, how does that help you delve down deeper? Does that allow you to access an emotion? Or Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people are either trying to get away from pain or close to pleasure. So um, people who are super out of shape, injured, unhealthy, that's their pain. They want to get away from that. Uh, and they want to get towards um, you know, a healthier, fitter, stronger, injury-free, pain-free life. Uh, and that would be their that would be their pleasure. So moving them away from that pain towards the pleasure that is basically what drives people. 
So in your experience then, um, when you're when you're setting up goals, I guess it would be pertinent to look at what the pain of training would be and also what the pleasure would be. You know, what are you trying to avoid in your life? And also, what are you like, what are you, what are you propelling yourself towards? Because I guess if we're motivated by both, setting up both would be realistic. Is that right? Or Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people who will respond completely differently to the negative emotion versus the positive emotion. A lot of people will be like, uh, you know, oh, I, I want to get there because of this or, yeah. uh, you know, the other half people would, be, well, I say half, probably not half. Um, the other side of people would say, I want to get away from this because I hate being this way. Mm. Um, and very few people would be like, I want to get away from this so that I can be like this. Yeah, that it's, makes it's sense. It's normally one or the other. Yeah. So, so I guess um, I think what you're saying here is that goal setting um, is extremely important mm. when you are looking at training at the gym or developing your life and you have to be very specific about what it is that you want and also the reason why you want it mm. and in your experience if that's set up are you more likely to stick to your training absolutely yeah so you you've taken a bit more um you know ownership over it obviously as the goals are agreed upon by both parties um you've essentially set this goal and you know there's there's one of two reasons if you don't reach it one is it was uh, an unrealistic goal in the first place and two is you've not done the right things that you needed to to reach that goal mm. yeah no that absolutely makes sense um if we if we go back to something you were saying earlier about um the biggest frustration is people watching stuff on youtube or instagram what are some of the biggest injuries that you see um, from people that actually actively try and do these or is that difficult to quantify I mean that is it's quite a difficult one to quantify but mm. um, a, a term which I quite like uh, to use is is a term called entertainment so entertainment okay. not, not entertainment uh, entertainment so um, I mean thankfully we don't see it in our gym um, but a lot of the time you'll see people doing I don't know a shoulder press while standing on a on a Swiss ball which is just completely ridiculous. Um, you know, if you want to be trying to engage your core and, and, and train for stability, there's much safer ways to do it. Mm. Uh, a lot of the time people do do it for Instagram and Facebook and things like that, which is something that I don't particularly agree with, although we, we do have our Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I get it. I guess, I mean, if you think about it, you know, fitness trainers around the world are all trying to make a name for themselves and trying mm. to promote themselves. So, uh, you know, I'd imagine that if someone pro promotes one video, you're going to get one up or do something slightly more dangerous or better. And then all of a sudden you've got all of this content online, which isn't safe, first of all. Right. Second of all, the people that are doing it are extremely fit, extremely strong. They've probably mm. worked behind the scenes for a very long time to be able to do that. And then you see people in the gym trying to replicate it. Mm -hmm. And it's just a metaphorical car crash. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the thing that people don't realize as well is obviously when you're being taught an exercise by a trainer, they're teaching you all of the relevant teaching points, N not just the overall teaching points, but the teaching points which you as an individual need to focus on in order for you to do the exercise safely and effectively. So if I was to do a squat and you were to do a squat and we both had a trainer, we'd probably be getting different cues and different um, tips on, on coaching kind of thing. Um, so, you know, these train or, or these people who are doing these extreme exercises on Instagram, they're not explaining anything about, you know, core engagement, um, pelvis stability, knee alignment, none of that. So it's, it's, yeah. So do you think a lot of, um, social media and Instagram is quite ego driven then when it comes to training, it's not necessarily about, listen, this is how you do it technically well. It's more about, look how great I am. You should come to me for coaching. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think at the moment, um, there's quite a lot of people that are, are qualifying as PTs. Um, the people that have been doing it for a little while longer uh, can kind of see through the ego um, and they don't take part in that. Um, so you do see a few more, um, 
uh, Instagram, page, you know, social media pages where people are focusing more on the performance aspect uh, and the actual techniques as opposed to just look at me. Mm. Um, and, you know, as, as our, a part of our ethos, we are very customer focused. Obviously, we, we don't want to be, um, you know, saying, hey, look at me, look how good we are. I mean, mm. we, sh- we should be good. We're trainers. Do you know what I mean? We don't need to prove that. Yeah, that does, that does make sense. So for, for, for people listening, you're advising that if you are going to follow people on Instagram or social media, make sure it's people that are de- actively demonstrating mm. how to go about it. So perhaps they show you an exercise and say, look, if you want to be able to do this, it actually is probably going to take you three to six months. This is the first step towards it. Absolutely. As opposed to try and do this while you're doing a, a somersault backwards and lifting 100k bench benching simultaneously. Correct. But the issue is, I know which post would get more likes. Mm, that so, makes sense. you know, there, there lies the issue. So is this, is it a difficult thing for you to actually publicize this? And obviously you're talking about it on this podcast, but... Mm. You know, this must be quite a, a challenging aspect of being a PT trainer is to actually control people's views in this way. Well, it's it's an interesting one. Something that I, um, when I was a freelance trainer, I used to to walk the gym floor to to get new clients, essentially. Um, now I'm obviously manage the, managing the business. I'm doing less of that. Um, but something which I'm, I'm asking the trainers to do when they approach somebody uh, doing a, a strange exercise or, <laughs> you know, something out of the ordinary, um, you know, I ask them to say, why are you doing this exercise? Yeah. And most of the time they don't have an answer. So for you, having an intent, knowing the, the reason why you're doing an exercise, that um, specific question, why am I doing this, will actually assist you in your training. Absolutely. To be more, have more self-awareness about why you're doing things. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I guess as well, I, just thinking out loud here, but if you're doing an exercise and you don't know why you're doing it, surely your mind is not focusing on the muscle part you're trying to work, in which case you're not going to have the right muscle switched on and you're much more likely to injure yourself. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, it does go through all, all um, aspects of, of fitness. Um, if you, I suppose it goes through all aspects of life. If you don't know why you're doing something, why are you doing it? Yeah, but you know, that's, it's, it's, it's interesting saying that. I think a lot of people are on autopilot or yeah, they see something cool. Yeah, there is a goal at the end of each action, really, isn't yeah. there? So it makes sense. if you're just going in and swinging a kettlebell around because, you know, well, even if you fancy swinging a kettlebell around, at least that's a reason why yeah, you're yeah. doing it. You know, if you've not got your particular goals for that, then, then that's fine. But if you, you know, you want to increase your fitness, you want to build up your medial glutes and you want to make sure that your knees are, are staying aligned more often than not, then those are the aspects that you're going to be focusing on as opposed to just moving the moving the weight around, you know? Yeah, it, do, it, it makes absolute sense to me. Um, just um, like changing your hat here slightly onto a nutritional hat, if you can, if sure. you can wear that. Yeah. So obviously, um, you were talking earlier about, you know, the, the biggest frustration is, is YouTube videos and things like this giving bad information. Can you talk about your experiences of nutritional information? Because that's, that I, that's just as viable, right? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so there's a, a lot of information out there. This is the age of information now. Um, and there's a lot of people who will jump on an idea um, when that is all it is. Um, you know, there's the whole, the age old thing of the saturated fat versus un- unsaturated fats. And no one still really knows which is good, which is bad. You know, whether one is bad, one is good. Wait, really? That kind of is that, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's various different bits of, of um 
you know, research out there, but it's not been 100% conclusive. Could you just give an explanation of the difference between a food with saturated fat and one with unsaturated fat? If, if you do, you know? The well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert in nutrition. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I've touched on it a little bit. I'm not qualified in nutrition. Um, but the thing I've experimented myself um, yeah, of course, with, yeah. with some reasonably good results. Um, you know, we, we can give general nutrition advice, but going into the actual science of it, it's, it, you know, we're not technically qualified to do that. Um, but yeah, so so saturated fat, um, high levels of saturated fat can lead to type 2 diabetes, heart disease, things like that. Um, whether or not that is in association with the levels of unsaturated fats in foods is slightly uh, less clear. So okay. it's, it's more to do with the actual ratios. Of course, um, and yeah. it's similar to the, um, the HDL cholesterol and LDL cholesterol. Wow. Um, it's the, 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 the ratios between the two. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it kind of boils down to what are you eating, you know, the rest of the time? Are you eating crap? Because if you're eating pastries and things, yes, you're going to be eating a lot of sugar. You're going to be mm. eating a lot of saturated fat. You're going to be eating a lot of unsaturated fat. But if you're eating steaks all day, every day, mm. you're going to be eating a lot of saturated fat and a reasonable amount of unsaturated fat, but in a much more healthy setting yeah that that makes a lot of sense so it's all it's all yeah. relative really yeah okay so i mean what would be in your experience um have you ever followed any bad advice yourself and and, and got worse results for it um again quite difficult to actually put your finger on it because there's so many other external yeah, factors how hard you're training absolutely and, and how stressed like you are how well you're well sleeping. i mean if we if we pull to our focus for example um like losing weight shakes mm. and, and miracle lose weight overnight um get obviously get rich quick schemes mm. but in the fitness industry get quick schemes. yeah 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 do you do you see a lot of that in in your day-to-day -day work at the gym um, not day to day. No. I mean, on social media, it's rife. Um, there's a huge amount of people selling sort of herbal ex extracts and vegetable and fruit extracts. I won't name any names. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, their efficacy and that, you know, the actual, the, the schemes in which they sell those products are reasonably shady, which sort of draws a massive question mark over the whole thing. Um, yeah. you know, obviously there's, um, multi-level marketing schemes out there and everything, which ultimately are there to benefit the seller. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, when there's things like that at play, I, I'm always a little bit dubious. Um, there's people that have said, yeah, they've got great results from it. Um, but again, you know, how do you know when it's when yeah. it's all a bit grey, you, you can never be 100 percent sure. So taking obviously taking into account that you're not a, you know, a nutritionist. Mm. Do you have certain guidelines that you personally follow with your diet? So types of foods that you specifically eat, types that you try to avoid? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a bit more relaxed with it now, to be honest with you. Um, when I was when I was just doing PT, I had a bit more um, bit more time on my hands, and I could I could train harder for longer. Mm. Um, so I needed to fuel myself a bit better. So I had to be a little bit more strict on it. Okay. Um, and now I've kind of got other stresses in my life. I'm not as uh, not as, <laughs> not as focused on that. Part of managing a PT team, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but generally speaking, I always um, I always try and have a low carbohydrate breakfast. Um, so the principle behind that is you've basically been fasting from your last meal the night before and the day before um, up until that point so anything anything carby that you eat your body is going to be really sensitive to um, so when you break down those carbohydrates into sugars in your bloodstream then your insulin levels are going to go right up wow. uh, and as we know uh, insulin is a storage hormone which isn't necessarily a bad thing if we're trying to build muscle we need insulin to, to store the proteins and the carbs but first thing in the morning if we've eaten something super sugary uh, like a bowl of frosties which is 
awesome but really <laughs> really bad to eat first thing in the morning yeah um you're gonna um your insulin levels are going to go right up and chances are the majority of the um blood sugar is going to be converted to lipids and stored as fat so what what do you have as a as a breakfast then eggs you have eggs okay just what scrambled eggs scrambled or eggs maybe a bit of bacon in there sometimes okay I'm feeling okay so that that, that makes sense and then um are you um when do you typically train is it at different times of the day uh, i try and train first thing so okay. get, get it out the way um get the blood going around the body and then then crack on with work really so i try and get it done in about 45 minutes to an hour and you eat breakfast before you train uh, yes. Yeah, so okay. I'll, so typically if I'm in the gym at six, I'll wake up at five, have some food, okay. uh, get off to work, maybe do a couple of bits before I train and then, then work out. Um, obviously need a black coffee before that. <laughs> um, and, and what about, um, obviously, you know, after you've trained, are you a fan of protein shakes or? Uh, yeah, I am an advocate of, of protein powder. And um, although recent studies have suggested that it's not as um, important as people used to think, um, I think my, my mindset is a little bit stuck on it. So if I, um, just a bit of a anecdotal um, thing, I, I did a leg session and it might have been a harder leg session, but I just, I don't know why I completely forgot to have a protein shake afterwards. And for days I was honestly walking like John Wayne. It was, it was horrendous. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, I, I put that down to not having the protein after that, but then actually thinking about it logically, that's. But that, how soon after you train, do you like to have a protein shake? So again, there's a, a principle called the golden window, which has since been, um, uh, myth busted. Um, and the principle was, you know, straight after workout, if your body uh, is, is, has, a, has a high affinity for nutrients, essentially carbohydrates and proteins. So if you have your post-workout nutrition in that time and you get it into your bloodstream within that golden window, you're going to be more anabolic, which basically means more muscle building. Um, that's kind of been blasted out of the water lately, um, but I'm still sticking with my post-workout shake just through convenience, really. So I, mm. I can get my protein and my carbohydrate in um, straight after training and then maybe like an hour or so after that I'll start to have my normal meals and again what would be in your normal meals what what, what do you classify as a normal meal for you well it's probably not normal to most people to <laughs> with you um chicken rice broccoli carrots okay so so basically like protein carbohydrates and, and green vegetables if, if possible yeah okay and and what you have two of those meals a day and breakfast or do you have more or four-ish four-ish okay yeah and then i'll have um yeah, post-workout shake, so um, oats, waxy maize starch, which is fast digesting carbs, and then whey isolate. Sorry, when do you have that? Straight after training. Straight after training, so okay. That's, that's, I count that as a meal. That's about 250, 300 calories. Okay. Um, before that, I'll have four or five eggs. Um, so yeah, I try and eat about 3,500 calories a day. Okay, it's yeah, hard, so obviously, though, with, yeah. With, that, with the, the plain sort of, um, the Tupperwares, you know, the, the meal prep that I do, it's, they're not particularly high in calories, so I've got to eat a few of them. So do you keep a food diary or a food tracker to keep tabs? No, I don't. I find it's a, it's a little bit time consuming. B, it's a bit obsessive. And C, how do you know um, exactly, you know, how many calories you've burnt in that day? For, okay. You know, there's so yeah, many, yeah. as I said before, there's so many variables and there's so many things that can affect stuff. Mm. It's not, um, it's never going to be the most accurate. So how many, how many days a week on average would you train? Or do you think it's a healthy amount to train? Um, for me, I mean, I, I train four or five times a week, six if I'm lucky. Um, but for the average person, I would say 
uh, training more days than you're not if you want to get good results, essentially. So obviously there's seven days in the week. So if you're training four out of those seven, then you're going to get really good results. But we've seen people get some really good results on just coming in for two sessions a week. So again, it's, you know, you've got one hour gym session per day. What about the rest of the day? You know, Mm. as long as you're nailing that as well with nutrition and everything like that and you're staying active, um, then you know, you're going to get good results. That'd be bad. So are there, um, are there any kind of golden bits of advice that you like to give to, you know, your um, clients, just general rules about health and fitness and well-being that you, you adhere to or that you, you like to preach to people? Mm. Uh, I mean, the, one of the main ones, I think, is stay hydrated. Um, and then on the back of that is eat more. I know that sounds a bit, a bit backwards, but um, women especially, I think, get a bit hung up on how many how many calories they're eating in a day and actually their BMR so their base metabolic rate I mean I've seen this a lot yeah okay. um we, we use body tracks which is a body composition testing kit and it uses electrical signals to basically um uh, see your muscle mass your fat mass your bone densities and all that kind of stuff uh, and it will tell us based on your muscle mass your metabolic rate so a lot of people will see their metabolic rate and it will be sort of 1700 uh, 1,800, which is reasonable. And they'll say, okay, so I need to eat less than that, um, which is actually their BMR is the number of calories their body needs to survive without doing anything. Okay, so that, yeah, if they just lie in bed all day without doing anything yeah, else. Yeah, so if, okay. you're, if your BMR was 1,800 and you lay in bed barely moving and barely breathing, that's how many calories you'd burn. Okay, as soon as you step foot out of bed, as soon as you start moving around, as soon as you start eating some food, your metabolism is going to increase. So, your BMR is roughly 70% of what you'd burn on an active day. Um, So really, if you're on 1,800, you're probably needing to be eating about 2,300, 2,400. Um, And if you wanted to lose weight, you'd need to be on a deficit of about 200 calories. So you look at food like nutrition rather than calories. Is that is that right? Yeah, I'm not a massive advocate of calorie counting. Yeah, I can, um, I can see. You're, you're more like eat more of the nutritious, healthy food and you'll feel better and you'll oh, have absolutely. more energy. If you, I, something I say, again, another good um, general tip is if you're eating a lot of good food, of like healthy food, it's very difficult to go over your calorie expenditure. Mm. So you'll you'll lose weight essentially. As long as you're eating good quality whole food, it's very difficult to go over your calorie intake. Expenditure, rather. Listen, it's been absolutely uh, brilliant to have you um, on the episode today. Some real uh, pieces of wisdom to follow. Um, if anyone wanted to get in contact with you um, about personal training sessions, how would they go about it? Um, best thing to do is just search on Google Change Personal Trainers or Change PT. Um, or you can visit our website at www.changeptho.com. And you've just launched um, a new service called the Small Group Training. Yeah, uh, Unit what, 1 that? Small Group Training. Yeah, so um, it's basically groups of no more than five clients training under the expert guidance of, of one of our Level 3 trainers. Um, there's four different session types, and they're all focused towards building a strong, lean, and functional body. Um, so we've got Pure Burn, which is muscle hypertrophy and tone and definition. Strength and conditioning, which is uh, obviously strength and and working your CV capabilities at the end of that session for 10 minutes. Uh, We've got functional fat loss, which is uh, obviously, as the name suggests, burning fat whilst improving the way that you move. And then we've got stretch and flow, which essentially stretches off all those tight muscles, uh, which you've built up through the week. So again, I'm I'm assuming that uh, like falling in, in line with your ethos that 
Um, five would be the maximum number where one of your PT members can actually oversee what's going on to make sure everyone's technique is correct absolutely, so that they're working yeah. towards it. Yeah. And, and any more than that, I guess you begin to see diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then you sort of go into the class realms where you've got sort of 10, 15 people in a room and you've got one instructor who's just floating about and just watching everyone essentially. Yeah. Uh, we're really focused on coaching each individual, uh, motivating them to lift the heavier weight or to go a little bit more, do, do a little bit extra. Um, so yeah, we're, we're much more about coaching each individual in a group setting. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, again, thanks so much. I'll also um, put a link um, in the description below if, you, if you'd like to follow up with Timo. So uh, thank you very much. Cool, thanks. Well, that was a thoroughly thought-provoking interview from Timo. Some really cast iron advice for anyone that's looking at getting better results with training, specifically about setting specific goals and knowing your why. Why am I doing this exercise? And I know that may, may sound like common sense, but actually it's a really good mantra to look at with your personal training. So if you've enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend as a gift? And also don't forget that you can access my whole back catalogue of interviews. You just need to search the Gary Gunn Show on the iTunes Store or any podcast player.